0: You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? You're joining us for episode three of Podcast PXN. Thanks to everyone in the live chat for coming out to the show today. Uh, Just want to remind everyone that we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. If you just search for Podcast PXN, you'll find us there. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. DTM, and I am joined by the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak. Sean, how are you today? No answer. All right, let's just get into I the I ruined show. this joke. You son of a gun. I planned that joke. I ruined Jesus. this joke. All right. Well, we have a cool show today, guys. I hope you guys can stay tuned for this. Uh, Drop any of your thoughts in the uh, YouTube chat, and we'll read it out as we go. So let's go ahead and jump in. Our first item is the PXN News of the Week, and number one on the agenda this week is Quantic Dream announced that they are no longer making games exclusively for PlayStation. So... This was kind of an interesting story because, obviously, the last 10 or so years, Quantic Dream has made PlayStation-exclusive games, even though they aren't uh, owned by Sony or a Sony studio, they've actually always made, uh, not always, but the last 10 years, they've always made PlayStation-exclusives, Heavy Rain, uh, Beyond Two Two Souls, um, Detroit, so... It's definitely there was another very, one too, part of that trilogy. But now I was can't remember. There? I thought that was the only. You could be
1: right on it, but, but I mean, you're right. It's it's not really a surprise that they would announce this because they've been on public record saying that they are not a first party studio. Hmm. I mean, I think we would probably classify them almost as a top tier second party. Yeah. In a way, um, but it's still not a surprise that they would actually say it. Uh, we were talking about this before the pro- podcast, but how they're kind of almost a remedy. Mm, and a yes. sorts um, where Remedy was making exclusive Xbox games, as far as Control, Alan Wake, or mm-hmm. sorry, not Control. Um, well, Control
0: is their next game that's coming, is. but they made Alan Wake and they also made Quantic, uh, Quantum, Quantum Break. Break. <laughs> I always want to say Quantic Dream for some reason. <laughs> we're we're it's weird. We're in Outer yeah. Worlds, Outer Wilds again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not a surprise because I kind of put them on the same level, obviously. Mm. Quantic Dream is more action orient, or sorry, more story oriented, and uh, Remedies action oriented with theirs, especially with how control shaping up to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about you, but personally, for me, I am not a huge fan of the Quantic Dream games. Ooh. Um, I've played them; they've, they've generally been like a PlayStation Plus game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, what was it? Two months ago, uh, Detroit Become Human yep. uh, was. I played for like ten minutes, and I'm like, "All right, not your type." I, I was hoping. Don't get me wrong. The presentation is always spot on. Uh, it l- always looks really cool in their trailers, but it's not the type of game that's really for me. Yeah. Um. I, I know you are kind of in the same mindset too, where you can appreciate well almost walking simulators, but at the same time, I don't know gameplay's king
0: actually heavy rain i love that game really on playstation 3 that was one of my favorite uh ps3 games and the funny thing is is i bought a ps3 specifically for uncharted the uncharted franchise but naughty dog also um but when i played heavy rain i was like Basically, my standards were like, oh, let's just see what this is. A lot of people are, like, really excited about this. It's doing really well. So, I tried it out. I absolutely love that game. The story grabbed me from the beginning. And, yeah, the QTE stuff is kind of like, what's what's the point of this? But the story, to me, is what grabs me in their games. The only thing I will say is, beyond two... Beyond Two Souls I never played, and I heard it didn't get as good of reviews as Heavy Rain, so I kind of was just like, ah, I don't feel like I need to play this. Detroit, I actually bought, but I have not played it yet. I really want to play it because I've heard good things about it in comparisons to Heavy Rain, but I really need to get, get to that and play that because that definitely looks very, very good. From
1: everything that I've heard with Beyond Two Souls, and now granted, again, this is only like an hour in, and I guess they fixed it with the... Uh playstation 4 release but was the timeline jumping Ooh. which it didn't really make a lot of sense mm-hmm. um i think at this point in the gaming culture we're in i really think QTE stuff is has met its expiration date yeah um i remember it was actually pretty fun in the original god of war games because uh, you felt in those big battle moments you had control even though you really didn't, you were just doing something cool by matching the controls. And I know um, heavy rain and Detroit have those QTE things, but yeah. I, I just I don't think myself as a gamer and a lot of other gamers latched onto that stuff. So I'd yeah. be curious if okay, are they going to continue to stick to their bread and butter yep. uh, when it comes to that stuff, or would they maybe go in a different route? Like uh, I would almost say Obsidian. Yep. Um, Ascidian does make great RPGs, but um, not giant open worlds like it looks like Outer Worlds is about to be. Right. Um, like, cause even Fallout New, Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas was, but it mm. wasn't as, I guess, expansive as a regular Fallout game. Right. Or the mainline Fallout games. Right. Um, it'll be <laughs> interesting to see how gamers kind of receive this, because Quantic mm. Dream, as we know, uh, especially, what was that, last year... leading up to the release of Detroit Becoming Human, there's a lot of controversy surrounding that. Yeah, Um, their studio. Yeah, Yeah. their studio head and all that. So Mm -hmm. does that still translate to sales? Because a lot of people on the internet hold things against you for a while.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. I don't don't know how that's going to go, but back to your point about the whole QTE thing. Personally, I think that we won't see it eliminated, but I do think we will definitely see a lot less of it and the, the f- other funny thing is, is another great story game that uses a lot of QTs is Rise. That that game was way underrated. It was reviewed not very well, but the story in that game was really cool. And, like, just the world they created in that game was super underrated just because the gameplay wasn't really interesting. Like, yeah. the gameplay was very repetitive. Yeah. But
1: And I think, honestly, to, like, conclude the story, I really think just having more games on more platforms is better for gamers in generally yeah and honestly studios too yeah uh, i mean it's super smart that you can release on multiple platforms and hope to stick around better than if you're just going for a singular okay. don't get me wrong 100 million playstation 4s detroit's not selling 100 million copies though no nope. so
0: exactly we pick up those extra absolutely yep that'll be cool to see um what they do in the future there Um, Next up we have on our next item of the week, we have Xbox games that could appear on other platforms. So Matt Booty, who is like the head of first party studios for Xbox, he was speaking to um, he was speaking to someone Game Informer this week. He was speaking to Game Informer this week about uh, what they're planning on doing with their games in the future. And he kind of dropped that they could release their games on PlayStation and Switch in the future. So the interesting thing about this is they've already started to do that a little bit because there's games like Ori that's on Switch and also, what else is on Switch? Cuphead. Cuphead, yes, (laughs) Cuphead. But, obviously, those studios aren't owned by Microsoft. They were just exclusive to Xbox at the time. So, it'll be very interesting to see if they actually go through with this. I could see them continue to do stuff like Cuphead and, and, you know, Ori and that kind of stuff. Stuff that makes sense. And Minecraft, obviously, is already on tons of platforms. But... I don't ever see them putting like Halo on PlayStation or Switch. I don't see that ever happening. Or Gears of War, um, like their main tentpole franchises. I don't see that happening. I see them picking out certain franchises that kind of suits the other platforms in a certain way, and more particularly Switch, because I don't personally think that Microsoft's going to want to put their games on PlayStation because. You're basically just incentivizing people to not buy your platform. Obviously, Microsoft doesn't care if you play on Xbox, PC, or whatever, but they kind of care if you're going to a PlayStation because you're not really in their environment. You're in someone else's. If you're on PC, you're still in a Microsoft environment. So the interesting thing here, I think, is going to be whether they go through with PlayStation. I think they will continue partnering with with nintendo and making more titles available on switch but i think the nintendo or the playstation thing is a little bit of a so crutch.
1: i agree with you as far as tentpole franchises like gears halo uh even forza because um, in my opinion those are their top tier i'd say fable if that ever comes back but it's coming they say but playground again games i'll wait till it's announced and then we can say it. playground it's only been loosely announced so um, it's coming But one, this is a smart move in my mind with Microsoft, uh, even if it doesn't come to PlayStation. Uh, Because I think them growing their partnership with Nintendo is only going to mean bigger and better things for both companies. Uh, It is no secret that the original Xbox and even Xbox 360 and now the one have, for the most part, failed in Asian countries. Mm -hmm. Um, They have not gotten the stranglehold that they thought they would or even their foot in the door. True. Um, There's a notorious reason why they invented the uh, S controller was for the Japanese market to try to actually get more selling. And that OG controller was too big. It was. It was giant. But then you also think about how you played the N64, (laughs) too, and you're like, oh, potato, potato. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think it's going to be great for indies, especially because when you think of Switch, You don't just think of their single parties, or sorry, first party platforms. Um, I get it. Everyone, for the most part, has Zelda, has Mario Odyssey, possibly Splatoon with how well that took off. But their indies are what is kind of keeping that thing afloat. Like the fact that you're getting these games from Steam from a couple years ago that look PC quality for that. I mean, was that? Killer Bees coming out at some point, and that's a huge arcade game that I've never even played before, but I've only heard good things about it. So Xbox developing more uh, relationships with Nintendo to get their exclusive indies on that is only going to be better for all the gamers. Now, do I wish the PlayStation aspect would happen? Yeah. I think it would be really cool to have certain things on there that you weren't necessarily allowed to. So um, my thought is when it comes to the new developers that they've acquired, that's where I think those routes go down for PlayStation. So, um, who was Hellblade that they just bought? Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory. I could see a Ninja Theory game possibly being on a Sony platform. Mm -hmm. Um, even an Obsidian game as we know Outer uh, Worlds gonna kill me Uh, outer worlds (laughs) outer worlds is going to be on playstation as well because of their previous deal yeah but i could see maybe their newer developers for them Mm -hmm. doing something like that yeah because maybe in the end the micro we all figured minecraft was going to be on everything still Mm -hmm. we never thought that it wasn't going to be it'd be stupid yeah but maybe they're seeing okay hey i'm getting 20 million from xbox players uh every year which probably is grossly underrated yeah um but i'm getting 200 million from playstation users Mm -hmm. okay so maybe that math in the end does work out for microsoft to allow certain developers or certain games to be on those platforms not everything right because you can't have everything in my opinion Mm -hmm. until the world goes to a one console system not everything is going to be on everything
0: right so we'll see the only reason why I think that they won't do that with the new studios is because a lot of the new studios are focused on single-player games, and or at least the rumors are, like the Initiative, Playground Games. Um, I don't know. Who else? Who would just say with Oh uh, Yeah, Ninja Link? Theory. Ninja Theory, yeah. yeah. The, the, all of them are mainly single-player studios. Obviously, Ninja Theory is coming out with that co-op, Uh, multiplayer game that they've been working on for a long time but that's only one project they've got multiple projects in the works and i think they're going to be more of a single player focused studio and i don't see them putting single player focused stuff on playstation i could see them putting like a multiplayer type of experience on there but not one of their temple multiplayer experiences that's where it gets tricky because it's like what where what niche are they going to fill by putting it on there? I don't know what game is going to fulfill that. It, it's so hard to tell these days because of how cross is
1: going. Yeah. I mean, it was huge news, and we unfortunately missed it last week, but mm-hmm. COD being cross-platform or yeah. cross-play. Um, oh they announced that a while ago did they well then i just saw last week (laughs) um but that was giant news to have that happen Mm -hmm. um so if crossplay continues going up 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 yeah maybe that is the route they go in is multiplayer centric games because they don't want to break off that base absolutely i mean multiplayer is so essential to your console's future yep and i also think that Xbox has known since really the 360 days they've had a single-player game problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they've nailed the no- multiplayer. Nailed it. Yeah. I mean, you don't get much better than people praising Halo, not even for the story anymore, but for the multiplayer. But what also it does, for the story. Well, <laughs> let's talk about Halo 5 <laughs> later on. Uh. Um, but I, I think them realizing that single-player games do have a focus yeah. and do have an audience, a rather big audience. I mean, God of War... Uh, was the highest-selling pl- PlayStation 4 game until three months later when Spider-Man came out. Like, that is giant when you're a single-player game selling 10, 12 million. Yep. So I-, I think Xbox will
0: continue to keep single-player experiences on their own platform. Absolutely. I agree. Um, so the next item on our news of the week is actually one that actually affects me personally. Uh, Loot Crate has filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy. So, the interesting thing here is they apparently got some kind of investor funding from some kind of some other investor, like MoneyNet or something like that. Yeah, something um, like that. But they came in and basically. I guess Loot Crate's going to file for bankruptcy and then they're going to fund them for all of their remaining uh, shipments that they owe people, which I'm guessing they're going to continue to operate after that with this new funding, but that's very scary to me. I think the writing on the wall has been there for a while because probably the last three three or four months of crates that I've got from them have all been delayed. Like, they've had ridiculous amounts of del- delays lately. And I subscribe to the uh, Halo loot crate, obviously. I've subscribed all three years that they had it. They actually just announced that this w- this year's one is going to end. Like, there's only one more crate that's due to everyone, and it's going to end once that one's fulfilled. But we're all anxiously anticipating when that's going to happen. It was due two months ago, and they still haven't shipped it. So... Um, this is going to be very interesting to watch because I know a lot of people uh, like Loot Crate and like a lot of 250,000 subscribers, right? There. Yeah, and I know a lot of people also don't like it. So I, the problem,
1: and that's me, yes, because I've had it. The the I, I had it for almost six months. Yeah, and I did not personally see the value yeah. in it. Um. I remember one of the big things when Fluke Crate first started was an Infinity Gauntlet oven mitt, Ooh. and it never said anything on there that you could not use it as a regular oven mitt. Well, uh, <laughs> lo and behold, you see a bunch of YouTube videos people using it and catching on fire and melting. What? So it, it,
0: it was an oven mitt that actually you couldn't use as a as an oven mitt. I didn't yep. even know about this. Yes, what? It, <laughs> yeah,
1: it was a big thing. I think my friend Chris oh. received it. He never actually used it, but. I remember him telling me about that, like and then watched videos of it. So makes no sense. I don't it just a lot of the stuff it did not seem worth it in yeah. my mind. I get um, especially being a Halo fanboy, yeah. like loving that central centralized theme when it yeah. comes to that stuff. But there were so many things that I'd get I'd be like, Well, what's this? And I yeah. would classify myself as a nerd. I mm-hmm. know my nerddom, mm-hmm. But even some of the stuff I'm just like, what am I gonna do with this? Do I, I, I don't understand.
0: Yeah, honestly, I I don't understand that either. And there were a ton of stuff that were like pointless. Like there was a there was a Halo Reach like apron or something like kitchen apron. (laughs) Like what am I gonna do with this? Come on, I have a Breaking Bad apron. It's a chicken place. It's just like that's so silly whooper says good call thanks man i appreciate it yeah we did not do it in the mic yeah <laughs> thanks for joining us by the way if you guys want to drop anything in the chat we will read it off as we go through the show here so i
1: mean uh, i i'm just curious if this is going to be the so uh there's a lot of different types of these services there's yeah. birch box for makeup and stuff like that mm-hmm. um there's uh ones where you can like have suits and stuff like that delivered to you mm-hmm. and things like Loot crate in my mind, I thought was the most successful. Yeah. But so does this mean we could be seeing inevitably the downfall of this
0: whole type of system retail business yeah i I just i don't see the longevity of it welcome to subscription weekly now we're talking about subscriptions every week (laughs) on this podcast (laughs) just kidding (laughs) all right let's move on uh so the next item on our agenda here is a ton of new information has come out uh thq nordic filed a new financial report and there was a ton of new things that were announced. So I'm just going gu- to kind of go through a few of these. So real quick, just yeah. for our audience, what what are some like
1: famous games uh, that uh, THQ Nordic is known for at this
0: point? THQ Nordic is known for... Well, to be fair, THQ Nordic bought a lot of the properties that true. THQ yes. owned, So they have like Saints Row, Metro... Um, time splitters uh they they own a lot of ip i was i was waiting because i was just gonna do like the rock on for when you said dark siders dark siders yes dark siders <laughs> uh red faction red fat gorilla yes. man. red faction gorilla i i, I want another one i know th- according to what we're what i'm about to read it doesn't seem like they're making a red faction game um, unfortunately yeah So I just want to go through a few of these. Tyler says, Christina says, hi, what's up, Christina? Thanks for joining us in the show. Appreciate it. Um, so, Boalition is developing a new Saints Row game. They're the, obviously the developer that originally created the Saints Row franchise, and they also developed the Red Faction franchise. That's why I just said they probably aren't going to have a Red Faction game anytime soon, because this says they're making a, a Saints Row game. Um, uh, let's just go through a couple of these and then we'll talk about them. Dead Dead Island Two is being developed by Dambuster Studios, who made Homefront: The Revolution. Their which, third developer for this game. It's insane. It's the third one that's getting passed to. Honestly, I don't think the game's coming out at this point. <laughs> What's it's,
1: the point? It's pointless. What 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 is and, our investment in the Dead Island franchise? There was a mobile game. Yeah. This and or sorry, and then Dead Island One. Then there was Dead Tide.
0: Yes. There, that's not everyone's not clamoring for this franchise and dead island 2 the original announcement looked pretty cool because they were going in a different direction more yep. of a humorous style and then it changed completely yep. and now it's a mess so and then another one time splitters creator steve ellis is back uh he's actually trying to help plot the future of the ip whatever that means so i guess they're gonna look into bringing a new time splitters game is that a play is, on words which is interesting i'm playing words time splitters future oh my god i'm just saying maybe yeah. some people have better puns than i do there's there's just so much that came out of this 4a games is uh, working on the next metro game which i love the freaking metro games shout tyler i made him play them this week he's been playing metro 2033 i try i still have to beat metro exodus i've been working on that which one's the second one metro last light that's the one i really like that one i did amazing. not like i did not like the first one the first one is rough yeah. all around the edges but the story and the atmosphere it just nails and yeah, that's what's the so, second one was really cool the second one was unbelievable i absolutely love that game my fridge is making water now that's great <laughs> um uh, also, THQ Nordic has acquired Gunfire Games, who's been making the the new Darksiders games, like Darksiders uh, 3. And then I guess they're working on Genesis as well. Uh,
1: they're helping with it, but that they're was actually
0: helping. a THQ Nordic.
1: Gotcha. making
0: Because those were basically in development at the same time. So the gist of this is... THQ Nordic is acquiring a ton of talent and acquiring a ton of IP. Like, over the last six months to a year, they've been acquiring IP like no other. Like, Time Splitters, they actually just recently acquired them, like a couple months ago. I remember reading that they acquired that IP. And uh, also Red Faction, they got, they acquired that IP because they didn't originally have it, that. It just makes me a little nervous with a lot of hands of one cookie jar. Mm-hmm. I mean, They're
1: THQ pointing. Nordic or sorry, THQ in general yeah. went up for a reason. Yeah, like it, it just it, the formula or whoever the leadership was at that point it was not being run well and i get it that's Mm -hmm. also when the decline of third party was starting to massively hit everything but there was this talk about Mm -hmm. a year ago about them getting ready to buy everything how many ips they were going to be stacking on and Mm -hmm. even then it's like they're not that giant of a team to have all these games going on at the same time so it just makes me worried that is every game going to get the
0: attention that it needs? And my question is, where are they getting all this money? Like THQ Nordic, Nordic, Nordic games was the one who bought THQ's naming Mm -hmm. properties and they, they rebranded as THQ Nordic, but it's like, where are they getting all this money to do all of this? I feel like they're going down the same path as THQ where they are putting their hands in too many baskets and they're going to run themselves out of money yeah. and we're going to have THQ bankrupt again. Like It's going to be the same thing. All over well, again. and
1: like The other thing I'm thinking of is, I, I don't know about you, but I don't know how many people are more clamoring for a new Saints Row game as opposed to a GTA 6. I mean, Saints Row 4, mm-hmm. I actually found to be a lot of fun. Um, uh, The superhero aspect, the going to hell aspect was cool. All right, every single Saints Row game has up the ante, up mm-hmm. the ante, up yeah. the ante. Where do you go from here?
0: Like, and that, mm. you don't just, in my opinion, you can't just go back to your beginnings. Yeah. I th- I think that they're going, I don't know if this is the right decision, but I think they're going to reboot the series. Th- that is the right decision. Yeah. That, at this point, I think it is. Right. Uh, and the thing, the funny thing is, is you said you like Crackdown 4 for all those reasons. I kind of didn't like Crackdown 4 for all those reasons because it felt like... I'm sorry. I just said Crackdown. I wasn't going to correct you. I wasn't going (laughs) to correct you. Saints Row 4. That (laughs) that was what I was leading into. Saints Row 4 feels very much like a Crackdown game. It doesn't feel like a Saints Row game. That's why I didn't like Saints Row 4 as much because it literally felt like Crackdown. And... My thing was Saints Row 3 had such a perfect, like, gameplay loop, and it had such a perfect amount of, like, humor and everything. Like, the crazy stuff you could do in Saints Row 3 was just hilarious. Like, you had, like, dildo bats and stuff. It was just... Can you say... Am I allowed to say dildo on the podcast? That's PG-13, I think, maybe.
1: I don't think... A a dildo implies not PG-13. What 13-year-old? It's
0: in the the game, so... (laughs) Alright, so yeah, that I just thought that the humor in Saints Row Three was perfect and I liked that gameplay style it was still on the ground and it wasn't this crazy over the top superhero.
1: But power. I think you would agree at this point too, the genres of all these games, Time Splitters, uh, Dead Island, Saints Row, even Darksiders, they've all evolved and changed so much since their last release, including even Red Faction, if that ever gets announced. Everything Mm -hmm. in those genres has evolved. Yeah. Um, Specifically, going back to Saints Row, GTA V has made things so much more online-focused. Yeah. I mean, that game is still going strong since being released in 2013. Yep. So, where does Saints Row pick up the baton, essentially, from there?
0: That's true. Um. So well, that's kind of a rundown of what happened there. I just wanted to talk about that. I know it was a lot of stuff, but it was just very happy for Time
1: Splitters' yeah. hopeful reboot. Yes, um, two a was a of lot of fun on the PlayStation well, Two. Yes, um, I I, I like that series a lot, uh, especially with me getting back into some FPSs recently. I yeah. think it would be great to see what's what they're gonna do with it.
0: Yep, absolutely and we have one more item on the news of the pxn news of the week um we obviously don't have any nintendo news really this week it's been pretty quiet on that front so obviously we apologize just a few indie releases
1: by a few i mean like 40 a day because that's nintendo switch at this point right and how do you want to find them i'll just
0: look at the store yeah (laughs) i hate their stores so bad Ugh. All right, so the last item of the week, news of the week is uh, Need for Speed Heat has been announced with gameplay being revealed at Gamescom Live next week. So Monday, uh, I believe at 2 p.m. Eastern time, Jeff Keighley's having his whole ordeal for Gamescom. It's called, like, Gamescom Live, and he's going to be showing a bunch of new exclusives for, um, obviously, Need for Speed and a bunch of other games as well. I know Xbox Game Studios popped up there as well. I think, I don't know if PlayStation's going to show anything. Uh, they all three have some sort they of all presence. Do? Okay. I,
1: I don't believe, again, do not tailor your expectations yeah. when it comes to Gamescom. Yeah. Um, I, it's not, we're towards the tail end of this generation, so... Yeah the massive amounts of releases and announcements are not yeah. going to be what they once were right. but and i people, still think it's going to be good
0: and people will save stuff for E3 next yeah. year so yeah i it's definitely going to be interesting to see it's kind of weird that they're waiting so late to announce this it literally just got announced today need for speed heat and the game is coming out in november so literally well, the in last two couple and have months. not
1: reviewed well
0: that's true and now i'm in not a need for speed guy yeah.
1: um Tyler doesn't think, by the way, Dildo is PG-13. <sighs> so thank you, Tyler, for agreeing. I, so,
0: What do you want me to do? I have to explain it somehow. I can't just say, oh, there's... This purple thing that it's flexible. You, could, you could just say
1: a purple flexible stick that you hit somebody with. You know, and it's got a hilt whatever. and everything. Whatever. You just know blow, what? Just below the ball. The
0: kids these days,
1: they're <laughs> too sheltered. That's uh, what I say. But I've never been a big Need for Speed guy. Yeah. I played it a bit when I was growing up on the PC. Yeah. Um, I think uh, whichever one, might have been Hopper Pursuit. That's the only one that comes to mind. Yes, Hoppersuit. Uh, where you could be the cops and all that stuff. My yes. sister's boyfriend and I used to always play that together. But I, I just, I don't know at least in my circle of friends, who's really excited for a need for speed. I know a lot of racing fans love it. I think it's also good for competition. Gran Turismo is stagnant at this point. So Forza doesn't really have competition in that. Mm-hmm. And I think the only way for Forza to keep improving, in my mind, because they do such a stellar job every single year, yeah. the only way you can truly continue to rise on that is healthy competition. Mm-hmm. When you see your, uh, your, your threats, essentially, like what they're doing. That's yeah. why... We were talking about this last week with your disappointment in Madden. That's where I think Madden has done itself a disservice. It doesn't have a competition. Um, I mean, really, only MLB shows the only franchise that's a sport or anything like that that doesn't have competition,
0: but it's still doing fine without it. Uh, But I don't know. I digress. And even even friendly competition is good. Like, you see with Turn 10 and Playground Games, kind of going back and forth with uh, Forza Horizon and Forza Motorsport – both of them ha- kind of have their own competition. They want to make the best Forza game that they can, and they kind of feed off of each other, which is so cool. Even though they're very different Forza games, it's still very cool to see them yeah, feed off of each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that kind of wraps up our PXN News of the Week. Uh, we're going to jump into the games we are playing. Um, actually, we got a couple comments here. Whooper says, everything... Ha- has been done in racing games now it's just tracks and graphics how different can racing be that's a good point um there is a certain threshold that you can hit however i will say like forza horizon is one of my favorite franchises and every iteration they somehow find a way to make it even better like forza horizon 2 was amazing when it came out on xbox one i was very excited to play it and then I was like, there's no way they can top this. Force Horizon 3 comes out. I absolutely love it again. And it was an Australian uh, version, so it was very different uh, aesthetic. But would you say that kind of goes to what Whoopers saying, that it's just well, tracks I guess, and
1: graphics? Again, yeah. I, I don't have a dog in this race yeah. or horse in this race however the description we're in kentucky so it could be whatever
0: i mean that is a good point that as i was explaining that yeah. you were saying that that does make sense yes that's how because that's truly really how i feel about
1: mario kart the only yeah. time they ever really reiterated er, on that is yeah. double dash yeah that's the only time they ever messed with that formula and that's just been new tracks and mm-hmm. a few
0: new um like uh projectiles and stuff like that that's true. So, I don't know. It'll, It'll be... You could kind of say that for any game, really, that's in the same franchise or the same genre, even. It just kind of depends on what what unique element can they add to the game to make it interesting. Like, yeah. Forza Horizon 4 added the seasons, which was a super big change because you have literally the same map that changes throughout the seasons. So, you have winter that... You know, has snow-covered areas that are very different than the summer-covered areas that that are completely yeah. barren. So, yeah, I I do agree with what you're saying. It's just to a certain extent, uh, I believe that they're kind of a pigeonholed into that. But next, uh, we're gonna go into the games we we're playing. So, keyword this week is actually we are yes, playing. Yes, we did play <laughs> Cuphead yes. for. A couple hours on, what, Saturday or whatever? Yeah, I believe it was Saturday. We played Cuphead, and man, that is a very good video game, but it is very, very hard. And I definitely get frustrated very easily with hard games, so I was like, alright, we can only play a a couple levels or a few levels, and then I'm out, because I will get furious (laughs) with this. I just keep dying over and over again, but that game is so freaking good. The aesthetic of that game, the controls everything feels perfect that that game is just a master class so first let's just
1: say daniel now has all a's in island one and i had one and i had d's before and he had d's before uh so this is kind of where th- this type of game is more my bread and butter i love these punishing games or get good games yep. um only because the repetition of dying retrying dying retrying does not bother me I find that loop fun because while it is punishing, it, you are being punished for your mistakes, not the game's mistakes. Sure. Um, Dark Souls series does this very well. Uh, likewise, to be make sure that you understand that the reason why you died was because you weren't appreciating and abiding by the mechanics of the game. Same thing when it came to Cuphead. The reason why you were dying is if you weren't dashing through something. Mm -hmm. uh or you weren't jumping at the right point uh when you should have but i will say um as far as couch co-op games go in the last i don't know how many years that might be my favorite one yeah um it was just regardless of if i'm better than you or you're better than me which (laughs) okay i'm better than you uh cuphead (laughs) really That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I just had a blast uh, just you and I playing. Yeah. Uh, Whether it's just yelling at uh, one of the characters in the cloud because they kept hitting us with a machine gun. Yeah. uh, Or being on the train ride and trying to figure out which way the skeleton was going and getting screwed over by the flying pumpkin, basically. Yeah. Uh, It is a very kiddie game with a lot of fun, even if you're not a kid, I think. Yeah. And I, I mean... I hope the franchise uh, continues even after the DLC. Yeah. I think they have something really special on their hands. Uh, when it com- Obviously, we know they're getting a Netflix show, yep. but I, I'll i watch it, but I don't really care about it because I want a Cuphead 2.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, they just
1: have something so magical on their hands, and to play that with a friend next to
0: you rather than online, I think just enhances that experience even more. Definitely. I definitely agree. That game so good and it's crazy how small of a development team they are yeah, it was They're four. like a family yeah basically. it was just four people yeah, it's crazy uh kind of on the same uh train here as couch co-op or couch multiplayer games played this new game that i already owned from games with gold and i actually played with tyler and uh whooper who's in the chat right now it's his name's ben uh, we actually played this week, and I have never played this game before. It looked really it cool, It is man. super fun, yeah. man. Speedrunners. it is a super fun game. So, basically, the idea is you're just side-scrolling around this map, and it's a continuous loop around the map, but you have these different power-ups and abilities that you're trying to stop the other people from progressing in the level, and the, like, as you've progressed further in the level the people in the back of the map they get pushed off screen and when you get pushed off screen you die so the objective is to get everyone off the screen and kill them and as the time goes on the screen shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and it just gets to be like tiny and you're just like frantic trying to keep your character to the right of the screen it it
1: looked like such a fun frantic game and i think that's a great way to look at a multiplayer online indie where you guys aren't together in a room you're just over on chat so you can't see what the other person's thinking and you just see them lay down a smoke uh thing or activate some sort of trap while yeah. i was watching and yeah. I, I just love the creativity with some of these games it reminds me of uh screen cheaters mm. uh where the whole thing to find somebody was you had to look at to somebody cheat. else's screen yeah I, I, I
0: just thought it looked like so much fun, what you were doing. Yeah, it, that, that game is seriously a hidden gem with Games with Gold. If you downloaded that from Games with Gold whenever that came out, definitely give it a shot. Yeah, it looked really cool. Um, so, uh,
1: obviously, we both played Cuphead together. Yep. Um, there is obviously some time blocked out every week for me to talk about Apex. Oh, geez. Uh, we we actually weren't going to talk about it this week. Uh, because it is a continuous game that I'm playing, but due to the massive update that happened yesterday, mm-hmm. we thought it was appropriate that I bring it up. Uh, one of which is a correction from last week. I assume solo play <laughs> was single player, no. as far as no multiplayer whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I was dead wrong on that. But it still was a very big surprise. Yeah, um, I've actually really liked it, the single player aspect. It doesn't feel... Unfair as I know was kind of your concern when it came yep. to the different player abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've played as Caustic, uh, Mirage, Pathfinder, obviously, um, and even Wraith, and I've still done decently well. Now, I haven't won yet, the closest I ever got was second place, but I still have enjoyed my time so far. Uh, and also, it is double XP week for this launch, so that's pretty cool. I've leveled up my battle pass tremendously with it but this is where we come to the down slope of our story uh Uh, when it comes to apex we gave them a lot of credit as far as respawn and ea last week is in comparison to Fortnite, how they're doing loot by loot crates boxes all that stuff um this iron crown event is abysmal just it is one of the most predatory and worst loot crates I've ever seen with any of this stuff.
0: So what what are they doing?
1: So, first, there's 24 unique items that you can get uh, unlocked through a loot crate randomly. Um, or you can buy the loot crate for 700 coins, which is basically $7, when, meanwhile, a regular one only costs $1. Wow. Um, then, when you unlock every single pack, you can then unlock a... S- Exclusive axe for Bloodhound mm-hmm. by paying $35 for it. Oh you have that ability at that point $35. For an axe for a melee kill, which melee kills are not the main way to do stuff. Oh my god. Now, here's where some credit will come due. When it comes to those loot crates, you will never get a duplicate item. Mm-hmm. You're always guaranteed a legendary or a epic. So yellow or purple. And if you somehow get a duplicate, you get these new points called crowns, which in the end of this whole thing will translate to crafting materials, which you can use to create whatever you don't have unlocked yet. Mm-hmm. So that is the one good thing I can say about this whole loot crate epidemic. Um, it is it is a real shame. I know IGN had an article on their uh, website today as far as saying how bad it is. It yeah. it is very bad, and I, I really want this Pathfinder exclusive skin. Yeah. I'm already under the impression there's no way I'm going to get it unless i pay money and i've been on record before saying that i would actually give money to uh this game i've given about 15 dollars for the initial battle pass i would give it just to have that skin but the way that they're
0: doing this yeah. really turns me off from doing it so i'm not going to man i really hope you learned their lesson with star wars battlefront 2 because with star wars jedi fallen order coming out this fall I hope that stuff doesn't make it in there because I know that they. I'm pretty sure that they've announced that they there's not loot crates in that game. But I don't. I think they were asked about microtransactions and they were kind of tight tight lipped about it. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. But... My hope is
1: that this isn't a dark stain on respawn,
0: yeah. um, because we have complimented
1: them so much over our first two episodes yeah. that this is their baby at this point. That's doing so well and now there's a lot of negativity with these loot crates and honestly i don't even care about the loot crates fix the loading screen yeah <laughs> i'll say it one more fix the loading screen again it's still happening even uh, yeah. with the
0: update i unlocked a loading screen yesterday and it kicked me out Jesus. it's annoying that's a mess um so i think we're just gonna dive into our topic of the show so I kind of thought this week would be a good week to talk about this because of all the stuff going on the last couple of weeks. Um, so I kind of wanted to briefly talk about, like, our um, good, uh, positively affected things that have happened to us in the industry as uh, when it comes to video games and how they've positively impacted our lives and stuff like that. Like, showing games for good instead of games for bad. I know the media and Walmart, not pointing anyone out in particular. Walmart. So this is the weekly. Sh- I was gonna say, yeah. are
1: we going? So we had you attacking yeah. people. Now we're gonna have company. Yeah.
0: Yes, Walmart. All
1: right. Yeah. We're still gonna come up with a name with this, but this is this freaking, is Daniel's shit list. Freaking
0: Walmart. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So we just wanted to like talk about what briefly about our ideas of what how games have positively impacted and like. The thing is, some people wanna say that video games cause all this these problems in the world and cause mass shootings and all this baloney. It's just the insane part is is all the people that are saying that don't understand games and have never played games. To me, for you to criticize something, you have to actually experience it. You can't just go out and say, Hey, that's awful, that's stupid, or that's Something that can cause this. If you've never even experienced it yourself. So the thing is. I wanted to talk about my positive impact. That games have shown. Like. All the way back to when I was in. Elementary school. Like games have always. Connected me with other people. And that's the really powerful thing. To me about games. It connects you to other people. That you otherwise wouldn't have. The ability to connect yourself with. There were friends that I made in high school and middle school that I connected with online, and we became really good friends, and we would always hang out online and, and do all those things. Now, granted, many of those people I don't talk to now because they all went their separate ways or whatever. And Some
1: people just grow out of gaming, too. Yes. I understand. It is, it, it is a hobby, yes.
0: but it is a very, very
1: fun hobby i it sounds weird to say but
0: yeah and i mean even a recent example like tyler and ben who's in our chat right now i literally met them playing games online and met them online in an online place talking about games and that's what's so powerful about the medium is you're connecting yourself with other people there's other things that are really exciting about the industry like storytelling and gameplay and all these other things but to me the most important thing that video games can give you is other people, and that—that that to me is what's the most powerful thing. And other people don't understand that. That don't play video games. So that—that's just my brief thoughts about it. So I don't know what kind of I thoughts mean, you have, but
1: we—we kind of had a tough time talking about this subject. Even when uh, you left out Christina, by the way. Oh, I—I I just that think was, an awful person. I'm sorry. I he's not he's not sorry at all. I am
0: completely sorry, Tyler and Christina. Oh my gosh. Yes. And Christina. No. I'm I, I wasn't meaning to I really wasn't meaning to point out specific people. It's, I was it's just 2019, trying
1: to. nineteen, Daniel. Shut girls up. play games.
0: Christina, yes, I apologize. I missed you. I'm so sorry. Um, so we we had a tough time talking about
1: this even off camera because yeah this is a one it's a local issue we are not far from Dayton I grew up only 90 minutes outside of Dayton I have friends that live in that area too where unfortunately those that mass shooting took
0: place um by the way I just want to stop you a second we just lost viewers because Christina just left the chat oh now we got it back sorry just kidding okay as I talk about something serious sorry sorry go ahead (laughs) sorry Serious. serious um
1: I just think it is the downfall of our politicians and our leaders when they want to singularly focus on video games being the downfall because they can't figure out how to explain it better. Yeah. Um, every country, for the most part, has some access to video games, um, whether it's something on a Commodore 64 that just got to them in a maybe in an impoverished country or Australia – that has very strict guidelines when it comes to video games. Mm -hmm. They still have those games for the most part. Um, But yet we have this epidemic when it comes to mass shootings in our country. And we're not at all going to get political as far as where you feel on gun control or any of that stuff. But both of our politics align in the fact that it is not the fault of video games or gamers alike. Right. Exactly. Um, It's, in my opinion, ridiculous to think, that there is over 1.7 billion people that play video games, and we have to assume that because of video games, those 1.7 billion people are susceptible to having psychi- psychiatric mm. um, issues. Yeah. Um, so when we were kind of looking at this and talking about like the topic of our show and games for good, um, I 100% agree with you. One for friends. Um, I just now, and we talking about like in the last five months gotten into online games, specifically Apex, but the friendships now that I have are stronger than they were. My buddy Chris and I will always be best friends. Um, same thing with my friend Mark, but I wasn't, um, I knew my friend Emily, um, like we'd hung out at separate things, but like, I'm so much closer with her now than I ever was. And that's due to a game, Mm -hmm. a game that does promote Shooting characters—that's yep. not at all realistic. Yeah. But still, we did that. Um, I think the other thing, honestly, that I always think about why games are good—I know we have a long way to go—but I think it promotes different cultures very well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another ex, uh, apex thing to talk about: there's only one white character. Yeah, there, I mean, there's that's it, and he is the bad guy technically. But like, they went for it as far as like this isn't not every person that plays games is white right not every person that plays games is a man it's what i think it's closer to 50 50 anymore these days it is yeah so i just love that i mean last of us you got to and i'm sorry if i spoil this for you but you should have played the games chapter three you play as ellie wait what yeah sorry i'm kidding (laughs) uh and one of like the most heart racing scenes in my mind when it came to Nolan North's character chasing you. Um, That, that was like, Oh man, what's going on? But this next last of us, we're all kind of assuming we play as Ellie most of the time. Mm -hmm. That's not at all detracting from your experience. Um, Tomb Raider, the, the reboot franchise. Gears five. Gears five. uh, It's Kate. Kate. Yeah. I, I think it is such a great way where Hollywood has had this public struggle when it comes to female or uh, non white led roles. Yeah. Games it has had an issue, but I-, I think it's an issue that we all know and game developers are aware of, and they're making a more conscious effort conscious effort than Hollywood is to say, yep. where like this is a African American movie, this is a Chinese movie. Mm-hmm. Games game developers are just like, okay, the character's Asian. Yep. Cool. The character's a female. Yep. You felt as weirdly as it will say, you felt like you were Laura Croft in Tomb Raider, Lara Croft. You wanted to make sure that she was protected, that her decisions were your decisions. You were gonna go sneak uh, past with a bow because that's how you would interpret Laura. She would not be a run and gun person. Whereas my I myself, I'd probably dude, I got an 8K. Let's just go in there and tear things up. Yeah. So I, I just have always appreciated that. I mean I mean, I'll bring it back one last time too to my favorite one of my favorite games, Super Metroid you're a female that entire game yep. you're never once questioning is she brave enough she's strong enough yeah. yeah you're just like oh, dude she's a badass bounty hunter yeah she, she can take all these aliens on and stuff like that so I, i've always found that to be such a welcoming thing with video games in general
0: agreed so yeah i think that was a good segment to have just from all the crap we've dealt with the last couple weeks and all the Things that have come to light and people saying things about video games that aren't necessarily true. So I thought that was a good thing to talk about for this week's show. Um, So our last thing we're going to talk about is our top five. So top five consoles we're going to do this week. Uh, I'm going to try and run through these pretty quickly because I know we are running pretty long on the podcast already. But we'll try to get through them. Um, So first up, mine is going to be Xbox 360 this, this console was probably the console that I spent the most time out of any of my consoles I've ever had. And the reasoning is, is I was in high school, I was in college throughout this time, and I had a lot of downtime to play, play games, and this console was just a fantastic console from Xbox Live Arcade that they introduced, uh, Achievements, and all of the new first-party games they had, Halo, obviously, continuing... The interesting thing about 360 is the early part of 360 probably the first year at least that I had my 360 I literally just played Halo 2 backwards compatible compatible on it. And that's what's funny because that's an OG Xbox game. That is an OG. But, but it was just such an amazing game that people just kept playing it even when 360 came out. So probably for a year after the 360 was out I was only playing that and You know, as the 360's life went on, it just got better and better, and it was one of the highest-selling consoles of last generation. I know all three consoles did phenomenal last generation, but uh, that console, to me, was just a special, special console. So, I'll kind
1: of have mine out of order, just so we can do generational, almost. Um, So, my, uh, I, I would definitely, even though we don't rank our list, not put this in, like my number one, but PS3. Uh, is uh, part of my top five. So I get the stigma when it comes to PlayStation 3. Sony did the possible worst things that it could do upon launch, telling you you should get a second job if you want to buy it, making the console $600, using a cell processor. All, All not smart moves. But in the end, obviously, they did get it together. They ended up surpassing Xbox 360 when it came to cells. But that's not at all why we're not fans of these consoles because of their sales. We're fans of their, these consoles because of what they were able to offer us and experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, PlayStation 3 uh, started the Uncharted experiences uh, for me, and those, hands down, goes probably as some of my favorite series uh, when it comes to how that told a story and ended on the PS4 yeah. uh, for everything. So it was just such a great time to be not just a gamer but also a playstation gamer because when you did have it you also had exclusive like metal gear solid 4 yep. um which if you never played that feel free to sit back relax for like six hours to watch a cutscene. yeah as i quickly found out in college when i played that game and i'm like I- i'm ready uh, oh, yeah. i'm ready oh, nope nope still 45 <laughs> minutes and then in the middle of the cut it would ask would you like to save and resume later i'm like well hell yeah i do because i can't sit this long yeah um but it really think I think this generation specifically started heating up the exclusive war. Um, At that time, uh, PlayStation had the exclusives when it came to Ubisoft's uh, Assassin's Creed, and Xbox had COD uh, during this generation. So you saw a lot of different things happening. Online play both uh, evolving on PlayStation and Xbox, with Xbox originating it, and I still think ends out on top. Um, But PlayStation made some major strides as to where they first started. Um, And it was just, it was a great time to have, I know it was not that long ago, but the games that we got on there still, like, it's some of the games that I will personally never sell, even if the backwards compatibility stuff doesn't work out as PlayStation's announced for PS5. I mean, there's just so many experiences on there that, I would not take back God of war three for one ending that story. I get it. God of war, whatever. PS Four. Yeah. It started a new story, but how it ended with Zeus and everything like that. Yeah.
0: So, uh, my next one is actually funny enough. The one after that one, PlayStation four. And the reason the interesting thing is, is at the start of the PS four generation, PS four, Xbox one generation, I was not a big PS4 fan because, if you remember, in the first two years of PlayStation 4 being out, there was not a lot of games at all. Not a lot of exclusives that were interesting. There was Exclusives, yes, I would agree. That's what I mean, yeah. There was Killzone Shadowfall and, and stuff like that that I was just like, eh, it's not really getting me excited for anything. I'm waiting for Uncharted 4 and all this. But... As that generation, as the generation has unfolded, it's gotten significantly better. Uncharted 4, amazing experience. God of War, uh, PS4 is an amazing experience. Spider Man, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes, there are so many Spider Man. Did I say Spider Man? Yeah, Spider Man again. Spider Man. I love that game, but there's so many good games that have come out in the last, uh, you know, couple years really uh, that that have come to the platform that have really turned my mind for it. Obviously, I don't even turn the PlayStation Four on much anymore, but it's I still regard it as one of my favorite consoles just because of the experiences I've gotten off of it, like those games I just mentioned. So. To me, that's why I like that that platform. Obviously PS three was still a great platform as well with with me, specifically this generation, but I think you
1: could almost look at as a whole when it comes to other generations as they've come, like Playstation Four I think has solidified itself in the one of the premier exclusive lineups that a console has ever had. Yeah. And you obviously you look totality in the end. Right. Nintendo will never lose that crown, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they've, they've just done such a bang-up job with it. So I, I can 100% agree. Cool. Um. So the next one for me is going to be the Super Nintendo, which this is the part where I say if I have to rank it, like, actually one through five, Super Nintendo's number one. I mean, it just it goes hands down for me. It is... I grew up on a Nintendo originally, then evolved with Super Nintendo, and every experience... Just leveled up, basically. I mean, no it's, pun intended. Maybe there was a pun. Right. Uh, Super Mario World, Earthbound, Super <laughs> Metroid, Tetris Attack. Uh, it's just amazing some of those games that are on there. I mean, yeah. the 32-bit generation is always looked upon so fondly because of how well everything has aged. I mean, you could still put in Mega Man X today and think that you're playing an indie darling from from right now. I mean, it's just the experiences that you were able to have on the Super Nintendo were so awesome. Um, and I actually remember that was the really the first time that I got to experience um, some co-op competition when it came to uh, being with my sister. We were big into Tetris Attack. Um, and like it was hard for us to find something when we were growing up that we agreed on, but Tetris Attack was such a fun game to compete each other against two-player-wise and try to knock the other person off the stage with it. So... It will always hold a special place in my heart, um, when it comes to that, and I try to, when there's something Super Nintendo related, get on top of it, day one, a Super Nintendo classic, um, I have a shirt that's an SNES classic, just any of that stuff, it's, console still holds up well today, if you found it out in the wild today, I would buy it.
0: All right, well, that's cool, uh let us know in the chat uh what your guys's favorite consoles are and we'll shout you out as well um my next one is not going to be a surprise to anyone but probably the second most i've gamed on a console is the xbox one and that's the next one on my list this may come as a shock to people that think that there's not a lot to play on xbox or whatever but The Xbox One is my place to play all of my games. So that's why I kind of lump this in there. Like the games that have come out this generation have been so good and I lump that in. But also the exclusives, it's almost the exact opposite for me as PlayStation 4. The exclusives at the start of the generation, this generation, I really liked. Like Rise, I know it didn't get reviewed well, but I really liked Rise. And Dead Rising 3 I liked a lot. I didn't like the first two Dead Rising games because they felt super... I hated the second. That oh, timer. I hated the... God, I hate the timer. I absolutely hated those games, but 3 three basically made it like a super gritty and realistic type of zombie experience, so that's why I really liked it, because it was a lot more down to earth, and it was a lot of fun to play. The story was still like, what the hell heck's going on, but... Japanese you know, games, they don't have to make sense, they just yeah, have to play well. Exactly, yeah, but... That game was great. Sunset Overdrive. Halo five for as much as the multiplayer get or as much as the campaign gets crap. Yes, the campaign's awful, but the multiplayer was a ton of fun. It still is a ton of fun to this day. Halo the Master Chief collection where it literally has every Halo game to ever come out on three sixty on it now. With well, once Halo Reach comes to it later this year, it will have everything, which is just awesome. Like there's just been so many games. Gears 4. There's been so many games that I've really loved on the platform. And Gears 4, too, if you pre-ordered it, because that's how I have all the other
1: Gears, is yeah. that you got oh. Judgment and 1 through 3. Yeah. Um, yeah, you didn't get the remastered version of Gears of War 1, but it didn't bother me at all. Yeah. Because it's only Last Generation. Yep. No, I mean, for one, personally, Daniel knows this because uh, how him and I go back and forth, but he mentioned Sunset Overdrive which me, gets me going because yes. I love that game. Um, anything at this point from Insomniac Games, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna love, Uh, but I mean, now him and I argue on this, we won't argue about it today but I I do (laughs) think uh, Master Chief is the second best uh, collection of games ever made Uh, Super Mario, he's wrong Super Mario All-Stars, but you know he's wrong
0: Uh,
1: but I I can see how you're really favorable of this generation um To keep on the same topic i'm going to go with original xbox uh which thank you xbox one for ruining names forever (laughs) comes the consoles and confusing (laughs) it all the time um so xbox uh og xbox really gets me because of the fond memories i have when that came out that was during the ps2 days too when ps2 was just lighting up the entire world with sales figures and games but original xbox had something for my friends that we all came to love which were two games Mm -hmm. one of which was halo and then the second which was fusion frenzy oh yeah um we used to have land parties specifically with halo where one tv would be hooked up in the living room the other one would be in the dining room yeah um and we would all just congregate in those rooms you switch rooms and everything like that playing halo especially on blood gulch oh yeah um But it just had so many fun experiences. First time Splinter Cell came out. Oh, yeah. uh, Then that series just continued to grow, minus now being stagnant. But at that point, those games kept getting better. Pandora's... uh, Pandora's tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, I don't think Chaos Theory was on there, was it?
0: Chaos Theory. Yes, Chaos Theory was, it was the third one. And also uh Double Agent. There Double was Agents two is different ver- There's two different versions of Double Agent. Yeah. There's a 360 version and an OG Xbox version. they are two completely different exactly. games. Exactly. And it Very just good. it
1: had so many fun games. So this will sound weird because I wasn't really a kid at that time, but Blinks the Time Sweeper, uh, uh, Voodoo Vents. Oh. Like even th- they had a lot of quirky things going on when it came to platformers that I really liked that they were doing. Um, I even, and I know we talked about this, might have been on our pre-show or in the beginning of the episode, but about the controller size, I actually didn't find it that hard to adapt to myself. I actually, the first time I picked up an Xbox 360 controller, where's the black and white? I didn't understand that they at that point switched to not having a black and white button because <laughs> yeah. I was so used to those for my grenades yeah. when it came to uh, Halo. So I, I just, I always really liked the original Xbox for those reasons.
0: Alright, so my next one on the list, I'm now changing. I originally had GameCube on there, but after everything you just said, I'm like, why do I have GameCube on there? Original Xbox, I'm putting on there instead of GameCube. I had GameCube. GameCube is a very good console. It was a good console, but after I thought about it, I'm like, wait a minute. Original Xbox was way more important to me than the GameCube was, because... The GameCube was kind of my, you know, uh, filler until I got the original Xbox because that was what I had right before the original Xbox. But the original Xbox, you're right, it was just an amazing thing for original Halo and playing online with your friends in Halo 2. Like, that was some of the best memories of my entire childhood was on the original Xbox. So, yeah, I'm changing mine to original Xbox now after that. And the funny thing is... Just to kind of give you a little background, I would play original Xbox and Halo at my cousin's house. We would play LAN parties at his house because he had an Xbox and I didn't. Well, my brother, just sum up this story, my brother's friend had an original Xbox and he left it at my house and I actually kept the original his copy of Halo CE that he left at my house and that's still the copy that I have today. I never bought a copy of Halo CE on Xbox. It's kind of a funny story.
1: So, even though it's on your list, I do want to give a shout-out for GameCube for having Metroid Prime, Yeah. Uh, Super Smash Bros. of Melee, yes. um, Absolutely. and uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Sure. Because I didn't know those. There you go. Um, so, my next one is actually... Uh, it's technically not a console, <laughs> a and I get hair. that, but it is a gaming device, and it is the Game Boy. Yeah. Um, I had... Every iteration of a Game Boy, I had the original, I had the Game Boy Pocket, I had the Game Boy Color, I had the Game Boy Micro, which I hated the micro. Um, And then obviously Game Boy Advance, and they kind of did away with the name after that. But the Game Boy had so many great experiences on them, uh, for me at least. Um, It's the only time I've ever played a Pokemon game, um, and I actually really liked Red and Blue, uh, specifically because I figured out the glitch very early on and I was able to get level 99 Pokemon. Um, but I, now the franchise never stuck with me other than me knowing the original 150. Um, but yeah, uh, it just had Tetris probably the most famous game ever made. Mm -hmm. Um, next to Pong, basically. I mean, you instantly hear that music, you know what's about to go down. Mm -hmm. Um, I played so many hours on that. Even my mom would play that with me too. um, the accessories as clumsy as they were, I can still remember in my head having you had your giant game boy and then you had your magnifying glass on top Then you had the lights on the side because there was no backlight for the the device. You had a joystick to help you when it came to certain platformers. Uh, It was just such a fun thing. It was the first time that you really had a gaming experience on the go. It wasn't one of those Tyco handhelds where you're playing Aladdin on a single screen where they just animate the drops or something like that. It truly had some memorable experiences super mario land super mario land 2 where you're kind of fighting wario but not until like the very end it introduced him actually to the whole series uh wario started on the game boy um advance iterates everything like that to give me one of my favorite rpgs of all time tactics advance so it just it'll always hold a special place in my heart. Downfall is I can never play mine again cuz I, I left the batteries in it. Yeah. And I remember Corridor. fitting up am like, "Oh yeah, I cleaned oh. out my closet like when I moved to uh college when I was 18. I like, "Oh, look at this. Oh, let's see if I nope, can't oh. turn on. It's all corroded." <laughs> that sucks. Yeah.
0: That was that was such a good handheld though. Um so my next one keeping on the Nintendo hype train, well, this is my last one is the N64, Nintendo 64, which I famously dub, yes, famously dub it as the Rare console because Rare had so many good games on that freaking platform. That was such a good platform for Rare. GoldenEye, Perfect Dark. I mean, they are just perfect games for the Banjo system that they made. Banjo and Banjo-Tooie. Banjo, yes. Banjo-Kazooie I freaking love. Uh, so those games were all phenomenal. Jet Force Gemini. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Good. Keep going. I mean, that's that's about it that I can name off their console. (laughs) But the N sixty four was just an amazing console, and the controller was something that people were always like confused about, like how do you hold this? But in the end, the cons the controller actually worked fairly well for at the time. Like it was a very good controller for the time. And it was that- the
1: first controller with a joystick. Yeah, uh, as far as the consoles go.
0: And that's super revolutionary. Uh, obviously, you don't have the twin stick, but the interesting thing is, is a lot of games started to use the yellow stick that was on there and use it as dual stick, which ended up being a big deal. Like in today's gaming world, where you're moving your head and you're body at the same time so that's definitely a very revolutionary thing that they introduced with the n64 i mean the
1: first time that mario went 3d yes. mario 64 all zelda went 3d ocarina of, ocarina time, time. Ocarina of time yes all um, so good so yeah the experiences on n64 will one they'll never be replicated on any other console we'll yeah. never make that jump from 2d to 3d again yeah i mean unless 4d actually becomes a things and you can start smelling the I don't know the pavement when you're getting hit. I don't want to do that. I, <laughs> I don't know, want exactly. that. <laughs> uh, but no, 64 is such an amazing console. I mean, even the unfortunate Donkey Kong 64, uh, yeah. because of its many collectibles. Yeah. Which, my God, there were was still a fun game. I remember that was the first that game was a pack-in with the expansion pack. Yep. Because you had to have it to play that game because at that point it was so demanding. Yep.
0: Yeah. Was su- that was a super fun game. A lot of people give that game crap, and I love that yep. game. Um, you will agree, though. Too many collectibles. Yes. Too many
1: collectibles. Yes. Not everyone needs their own banana. <laughs> no, I agree with that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That got old real quick. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the last one is uh, basically what translates the sale numbers. The number one console of all time, which is PlayStation 2. Yeah. Um, so I like this, I guess, more for what it's done for the entire gaming industries, as well as what it's done for me as a gamer. i That's how I first got to know Santa, Sony Santa Monica. Uh, their first game on there was uh Connecticut. Mm-hmm. It was this racing game where you had to use your whole body to steer type thing because your hands and uh, legs had wheels on them. Very underrated game. But it, it just had so many good things going for it. I mean, Jack and Daxter... Uh, those all came out on the PS2. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, when I get it, the first one is always regarded as the best in the series, but PS2 had Metal Gear Solid 2 and Snake Eater on yep. there. And two, besides the Raiden, Raiden twist, however you want to say his name, it had so many, so much fun with it. I, if there was trophies back then or achievements, I would have had that platinum trophy because yep. of getting every single person's dog tag. Um, It has also had the console where I played NFL Blitz the most, due to just the arcadiness of it, as we were talking about last week with that. And then also, non-gaming-wise, dude, it gave us our first DVD player. Oh, yeah, that's true. DVDs were starting to become a thing. You started to notice a huge difference between VHSs and DVDs, and you yeah. were like, I want this.
0: Okay, you go to the store, DVD player's like $700, the cheapest. And a- actually, you kind of missed that on your PS3 one, too. That kind of did the same the thing Blu-ray. for Blu-ray. Yeah, that,
1: yeah, as we know, Xbox... Unfortunately, 4K. invested in HD, yes, <laughs> uh, HD DVDs, and that was not a smart move. because oh, yeah. Blu- Blu-ray won out single-handedly on that. Yeah, um, but yeah, d- it was such a huge deal that DVD player was part of the PS2. Yeah, um, that's why I think you'll never hear. Even though we talked about this last week, um, or maybe it was our first week, PlayStation Four hitting 100 million units sold. Yep. It'll still never touch PS2. Yeah. No one will ever will because of how revolutionary it was to have that device inside yeah. of your gaming system.
0: That that was kind of that was kind of why I was a little confused when PS4 Pro came out without a 4K Blu-ray player because you own it. Yes, exactly. It and, Microsoft, make sense. and Microsoft came out with it on Xbox One S and then the X. So you would have thought they would have followed suit with the Pro having it, but they didn't. And, I personally, and I know we got,
1: we're ending and wrapping up, but yeah. I think they only. Did the Pro or release the Pro to say, "Hey, look, we have the same thing that Microsoft has." Even though obviously I know they don't with the X, but they just wanted something else on the market, just like Xbox did. Yeah, I I I could very well be wrong. And Shuhei Yoshida, if you want to, just text me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure he's not watching. He's he's got my number. He's good. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's like, hey, I know, I know, we screwed up on Last Guardian. (laughs) We're gonna get uh, oh, Japan yeah. Studios on a better, better thing. Uh, Maybe a uh, Shadow of the Colossus two.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying. I,
1: don't get her no, that
0: would never happen. Don't get your hopes up for that. You die in the end. <laughs> oh geez. All right, guys, that is the end of the show. Episode three has come to a close. I appreciate everyone coming out to watch us live in the YouTube chat. Um, Remember, you guys can always join us Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We are always recording Podcast PXN live on YouTube. You just search for Podcast PXN and you'll find us uh, right there that way. So appreciate it, guys, and we will see you guys next week. Deuces.